Anthony Richardson was drafted in the top five of the NFL draft, but should he start week one for the Indianapolis Colts? We're going to talk about that and more on a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. Let's roll. Baby. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in to a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. I am one of your hosts, Tyler Rowland, at Tic Tac Titans on Twitter from Locked On Titans here with my other local expert, Alex Clancy from Locked On Cardinals at Clancy's Corner. We got a great Thursday show for you guys. We are going to talk about Anthony Richardson. Should he start week one for the Indianapolis Colts? Also, there are a lot of new faces and new places who will make the biggest impact on their new team. And because it's obvious who the best tight end in the NFL is, we are going to continue our series with who the second best tight end in the NFL is because that's much more of an interesting question. But before we get into all that, I want to thank you guys for making the Locked On NFL podcast your first listen every day, Monday through Friday, NFL content all year round on all apps, always for free. Make sure you get subscribed, stay subscribed to the Locked On NFL podcast. Shout out to our everydayers out there. Tune in Monday through Friday. You're going to get a great show tomorrow with Chris Carter and your boy Q on the Friday edition of Locked On NFL. So make sure, again, that you stick with us at your team every day here at the Locked On Podcast Network. But jumping right in here, Alex, Anthony Richardson was selected number four overall by the Indianapolis Colts. Um, a ton of talent coming out of Florida. Obviously, six foot four, great size. Uh, lit up the combine with just elite measurables, elite performance and all the drills. But he was expected to be a little bit of a project. Only had one year of starting experience there in Florida. Some mechanical issues that they'd like to clean up. But his backup is really what makes this an interesting question. Or maybe not the backup after all. But Garner Minshew is the other quarterback in Indianapolis. And Garner Minshew is somewhat of a folk hero in the NFL community, and he's one of those guys who, you think if you gave him a fair shot to be a starting quarterback, he might not do too bad. If you're the Indianapolis Colts, and you're coming off a year where you got a top five draft pick, and you got an impatient owner who wants to compete right away in Jim Ursay, you roll with Gardner Minshew and allow Anthony Richardson to develop slowly, or do you throw A. Rich out there right away and try to get the most out of your rookie quarterback from week one? I don't give a rip what Jim Irsay thinks is right. I feel like at this point, yeah. whatever that is, mm-hmm. isn't. And you know what? You give him you give him the benefit of the doubt for Andrew Luck retiring overnight. Okay, that wasn't in the plans. He was supposed to still be the quarterback of this team. Peyton Manning right. part two, of course. The statute of limitations on ineptitude has <laughs> far right. exceeded that. Okay. Yes. So to, to answer the question exactly, because I know that you're not, you know, being in the, the AFC South, you know, covering the the Titans and things like that. Obviously, you're not a huge Colts fan um, for myriad <laughs> reasons. But with this, Anthony Richardson was drafted for his ceiling, not for his floor, and I think that's very obvious because what what the Colts have done is they saw an opportunity to strike. They saw an opportunity for potential greatness where they could get a steal inside the top five that wasn't the number one overall pick. I think it's a no doubt about a Gardner Minshew situation with Jonathan Taylor coming back healthy with Michael Pittman Jr. with the defense that's better than they played last year. Mm-hmm. You know, 
they can win seven games with Gardner Minshew. He's never gotten a full chance. Like once he plays poorly, they yank him wherever he is. Yanked, yanked. And yeah. I feel like if it's his show, people are going to be clamoring for Anthony Richardson, but you don't want him to just go. You want him to learn. And I feel like at this point, Gardner Minshew is a selfless guy. He wants to start, but he's a good team guy. And I think sitting behind him, at least for a half a season, for crying out loud, before just throwing him out there in week one would be most prudent for them and behoove them moving forward into the future. That That is an interesting argument. And I, I think there's definitely logic on that side of things. And one thing that I think that even supports your argument even a little bit more is if you put a rich out there and he's not ready and then you got to bench him because it's just obvious you're not giving the team the best chance to win. That is going to be more difficult to deal with when you go to put him back in than if he starts on the bench and then comes on later. And I think that is the thought process of a lot of coaches who do that with their young quarterback when it's, you know, on the fence, whether they could, they should play like Justin Fields, for example, had that situation. But for me, and maybe this is, at the end of the day, my pessimism with the Indianapolis Colts. But I'm just, their offensive line has taken a lot of steps back from where it yep. was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I think a guy like Shaq Leonard, once he changed his name, he just can't stay healthy anymore. He's got the prevailing back issue. Yep. I don't know if that's getting better. They lose uh, the cornerback, Isaiah Rogers. To the gambling situation, that's tough. He's a really good corner. People don't maybe know him as well as they should, and it's hard with defensive backs and all the different things. They're not fantasy football players, so not everybody knows him, but I just don't think that the Colts roster is as good as it was a couple of years ago where people are, you know, before with Phillip Rivers and with Matt Ryan, it was, hey, this Colts roster is so good, even though it's an older quarterback, just give somebody to pilot the ship, and they'll probably end up in the playoffs. I don't think the Colts roster is that anymore. I think they've taken some steps back in the key areas, like offensive line, for example, like their defense, losing Matt Eberflus as well. I don't think that the Colts are as good of a roster as people think they are or as they were a couple of years ago, some key areas. So with that, to me, even if you play Garner Minshew, I don't think the roster is good enough for Garner Minshew to lead them to a playoff appearance. So at that point, I'm just saying throw in the rookie, and just let him play. There's no pressure. If you start if you start Garner Minshew and then you bring in Anthony Richardson afterwards, it's like you're not winning games, so you want to see if the rookie, and the rookie still has pressure to win. If you start him right away, then everybody kind of just accepts like, yeah, he's going to have some growing pains. We may not be going to the Super Bowl this year. I think that I think it's honestly, I get the logic, but I think it's safer to actually start Richardson from week one. What? And this is, you know, and I didn't really realize this because it's not the division that I – you know, pay attention to closely like you, but you may be too close to see this maybe from this lens and I could be completely wrong. There are some real direct correlatives between the Titans and the Colts in roster build. Because if you're looking at the Colts with Jonathan Taylor being the most important player on the team, Gardner Minshew gives them the best chance to win because it's going to be the Jonathan Taylor show, in my opinion. With that, if you want to throw in that towel and say, you know what? Go get him, Zach Wilson, which because it's very well could be that Jonathan Taylor's rendered obsolete because they know that they're going to run the ball. Gardner Mitchell is throwing the ball for 400 plus yards in multiple games. He at least is a capable thrower. Now, having said that, Anthony Richardson could come in and be like Jalen Hurts. Nobody knew Jalen Hurts was going to be that good that fast. Nobody did. 
because they didn't show it. He had one year in that just factory of Lincoln Kennedy or Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma where anybody could do it, you know, but it fascinates me because they could be a dumpster fire either way in Indy. And I feel like maintaining a level of rational thought with Jonathan Taylor there for only two more years before you have to pay him, you want to kind of hedge your bet with a guy that knows how to play football at the NFL level, at least in some capacity. And that's kind of where, like with the Titans, same with Derrick Henry, right when Marcus Mariota started going downhill, Tannehill immediately. And they brought in Garner Minshew to be the Tannehill light, I guess now, and they just drafted the, the Mariota. So it's a little bit backwards, but kind of the same scenario. Uh, the the Colts probably still see their roster as, you know, what I was describing they were two years ago. So mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. That's something to watch going forward. But we are going to talk about some new faces and some new places who will have the biggest impact on their new team. Before we get into that, though, do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. All right, guys. Major League Baseball season is in full swing, and you need to take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball on FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, you can get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets, up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks, and you'll land $200 in bonus bets win or lose that's 200 you can spend betting on everything from the money line to the over under to who you think is going to hit the first home run all of it on an app that's safe secure super easy to use plus when you win you can get paid instantly there's no better place to bet on mlb than fanduel america's number one sports book so sign up today visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Woo! All right, we are back. Yeah, Tyler, there's a couple of things we've talked about, you know, over this, over this offseason. And there's been a lot of moves. It was kind of a delayed... Um, free agency trade market in spots, especially with Aaron Rodgers. Um, and there are things here on Locked on NFL Thursday that we like to kind of go outside the box, outside the normal topics that everybody talks about because that gets boring, monotonous, and everybody says the same thing. This is something that I feel like you and I are going to have massive gaps between where we think the biggest impact could be made by a new face. I know you've got a list, so why don't you run down the list of a couple of the top people and then give your thoughts on who you think will make the biggest impact in their new spot, and we can start to debate, because I know we're not going to agree here. Right, right. Hey, if you have ones that I don't have on my list, I just did a quick little list. You know me. It's a running joke on the show. I love to have a list and have my notes and everything like that, but for me, four names stuck out. Orlando Brown, now with the Bengals. Aaron Rodgers, now with the Jets. DJ Moore, now with the Bears. And Jalen Ramsey now with the Dolphins. Four big names that that change new faces and new places, as the media likes to say. So I guess out of that, for me, it's Orlando Brown. Okay. Jonah Williams did not have a great year last year. Uh, the offensive line was not solved for the Bengals. And I mean, they were improved from the year before, 
but it wasn't solved enough to where they want it. And clearly, they wanted to go out and spend some big-time money. Everybody's like, how can the Bengals afford to pay Logan Wilson and keep T. Higgins and with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow's contracts coming up and blah, 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 and all the offensive line money they gave out. And the Bengals said, we don't care. We're still going out to improve the offensive line. So I think Orlando Brown, people try to hate on Orlando Brown because he gave up the most pressures in the NFL last year, even though Kansas City throws the ball more than any other team by far. It's not even close. So to me, it's it's Orlando Brown. I think it's a major upgrade for Cincinnati. Jonah Williams struggled at left tackle last year. They're going to move him over to right tackle um, with Leo Collins' injury and everything like that. I just think putting in a true Pro Bowl level, all pro level offensive tackle in the Bengals offense is like, Thanos getting the last Infinity Stone. I mean, how many weapons, how much a great defense, great coaches who didn't get hired away somehow during this hiring cycle with Callahan and with Anarumo and the best wide receiver group in the NFL and solid tight ends and a good stable of running backs. And they'll probably add Zeke and like Joe Burrow just has all the Infinity Stones. And I think that Orlando Brown might have been the last one that they needed to kind of make that last push and get over Kansas City to get to the Super Bowl again. Yeah, you know what? And that's the one, because it's interesting, because, you know, all of those that you list, you can make an argument for, obviously. Yeah. With Orlando Brown, the interesting part is this could be the one year where they all are on the same team together. Like, if they – like, so say they make the AFC Championship game and lose to a field goal to Patrick Mahomes or something. It's, you know what? Burrow will take less money. All of the things you just said. If they win 10 games this year and have a first round out, this is getting blown up. It's, I know it's all yep. sweet. Oh, you know what? Everybody's going to be the same. Just like I've said in Buffalo for the last two months, something's wrong. Yeah. Cincinnati's not the same. Joe Burrow's a better quarterback than Josh Allen. I agree with you there. Um, I think Josh Allen's ceiling is higher than Joe Burrow's, but Joe Burrow's yes. floor yes. is higher to every game than, yes. it is, than it is for Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen can do more things, obviously, but you don't need to do everything if you're a quarterback. You need to do one thing, which is score more points than the other team. And – with that, so Orlando Brown, I agree with you there. I have two honorable mentions that are smaller names that can make immediate impact with the teams who desperately need them. But my big one who will make the biggest impact on the team is yeah. DJ Moore. And, and the reason why oh. I could have said Jalen Ramsey, you know, but Jalen Ramsey, we don't know if he's good anymore, okay? Miami's defense, Xavier I mean, Howard, yeah. you know, we have no idea, Okay. We know DJ Moore, you and I do at least on this podcast, maybe the most underrated receiver in football and has been for the last couple of seasons. Anybody that does daily fantasy on FanDuel or does fantasy football with their friends, the guy that has DJ Moore wins more games than he should because DJ Moore is an absolute machine. And if you have a guy with the arm strength like Justin Fields and he can really come into his next year a little bit more poised and polished, him and DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, like DJ Moore could be a wide receiver one pro bowler. And, mm-hmm. and I think that he will get his flowers this year, finally, because the NFC North gets so much more pub than, than the NFC South that he's played in forever. Now, two honorable mentions. One is Paris Campbell, formerly from Indianapolis, finally got some run last year and was a fantasy football darling for five or six weeks last year. Nine catches, ten catches. He's, he's, a, he's a quick twitch guy. He can run the routes. He can play inside. He can run outside routes with the Giants who need help on the outside. Yep. and they need a playmaker, he's going to be good there. But my biggest honorable mention, if he can stay healthy, is Rashad Penny in Philly. If Rashad Penny stays healthy, he's like Will Fuller. Yeah. Matthew Berry used to say, if Will Fuller is healthy, you're starting him. If Rashad Penny is healthy, you're starting him. And I think that he can make a massive impact if he can stay healthy in Philly. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I was thinking another guy who you made me think of when you said if he could stay healthy, Odell Beckham. Yeah. And and in Baltimore, I mean that could that could really be like a true number one option for. And then obviously a guy who we probably should mention, Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're talking about just pure impact, when you said impact on the field, but just impact on the team, I was thinking in my head Derek Carr because he, I I just think he is the type of guy he cares so much about football. He's a little corny, a little little goofy. No lie, yeah. but I I think he truly cares about the team and about winning, and I think guys respect that. So those are just some other honorable one, mentions. I yeah, guess one quick sense. thing. Do need to mention Aaron Rodgers. He will be Aaron Rodgers, and the Jets will be the Jets until they're not. Like, I don't know why. <laughs> right, just because right. he's there, and Garrett Wilson's really good, and Brees Hall's going to come back and be good, and the defense is better than it's been since, you know, Rex Ryan. It's still the Jets, and it's still Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is going to get pissed in week five when they're two and three, and we're going to do the same thing as we did last year. I'm sorry, Packers fans. Until it's not, it is. And I'm sorry that your special teams couldn't hold up against San Francisco in the playoffs. It doesn't matter. Aaron Rodgers will always be Aaron Rodgers first, and you can't win, and you can't endear yourself, especially to a fan base and a media base like in East Rutherford in New Jersey and New York, if you're going to be like that. Now, you did mention a team, Tyler, who signed a wide receiver to be wide receiver one in Baltimore. Do they have the second best tight end in football though? We're going to talk about that. That's what you call a transition in the space. Alex Lance, Tyler, we're on Locked on NFL Thursday. We'll be back after this. So continuing our series, I guess it's not a mini series anymore. It's getting pretty serious. You know, this is the third week. We're doing the best of the best player at given positions. And this week, it's going to be tight end. And we're going to do it a little bit differently. This was Tyler's idea, my esteemed colleague. We're just going to punt on the fact that Travis Kelsey is the best tight end uh, in the NFL right now. We're just going to discuss that. Let's but there we, is a so question. Really quick, yeah. So the question is, and Tyler brought this up, I will let you answer first. So I'll ask the question. Before we yeah. get to who the second best tight end is, is in football currently, is, and recency bias is tough here, is yeah. Travis Kelsey the best tight end ever? No. I'm going to keep it short and simple. It's still Rob Gronkowski to me. Uh, okay. Kelsey is a 11 out of 10 in the pass game, but Gronk was a 10 out of 10, and he was a 10 out of 10 in the blocking game, and he won just as much. He was absolutely dominant, physically dominant over everybody in a way that Kelsey is very special, but he's not as physically dominant as Gronk was. So I'm still going to go with Gronkowski personally. So, you know, the tough part about this is that when you have Tom Brady, when you have Patrick Mahomes, it makes it easier. It just does. They could be exemplary. They would have been great elsewhere. Okay. They may have been George Kittle because George Kittle. A lot of the best players have great teammates. Right. No, no, of course. Of course. It's very nice. Had Joe Montana and, you know. Right. Right. Of course. Now, for me, Tony Gonzalez is the Larry Fitzgerald of tight ends. He had right. a, a myriad of bad quarterbacks throwing him the ball and good quarterbacks, Matt mm-hmm. Ryan, and, you know, guys like yeah, there were good ones. when he was good in, in Kansas City. But when you have maybe going down as the two best quarterbacks of all time, I'm not saying now, you Montana slurpers, I'm not saying now. He's already been to one less – just stop it. He's already been to one <laughs> less Super Bowl than Joe Montana did his entire career in six or seven years with Patrick Mahomes. Um, I will say no as well. Um, I think it's Gronk, and I think Antonio Gates should get honorable mention, even though he played for the Chargers, so it's not really you know the media darling. What he did for those handful of years in San Diego was incredibly masterful. 
with, with those teams yeah. that always lost to the Patriots or otherwise. Um, now, going into 2023, going into this season, it's a pretty short list for best tight end in football. Travis Kelsey's one. I think it's pretty obvious. Um, who would be your second best tight end in football? Tyler Rowland. You know, I had an answer, and I changed it. I got to go with George Kittle. I mean, he just gives you so much. Mark Andrews is a big-bodied guy, but he's just not the fearsome blocker that that Kittle is. I, when both guys play their best football, Kittle is a better player. And I feel bad because I I, I really I really was going to say Mark Andrews. I know he had a down year last year, only like 800 to 900 yards last year, but Lamar was gone a lot last year too. So I'm not going to hold that against Mark Andrews. I think it's really close. Uh, I feel bad, but I, I just think, on their best day, their best of the best, Kittle is better. So I'm I'm gonna go with with Kittle, but I mean Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller, Dallas Goddard. I mean, even maybe no, I'm not putting Dalton Schultz in there. He's not that. But you know, I, I think those guys all all have an argument, but I, I would go with George Kittle slightly over Mark Andrews, and then there's another tier below those three. Right. Yeah, and you know. Um, all of the second or third tier guys have shown the flashes. The Dalton Schultz, Dawson Knox, TJ Hawkinson yes. had good games right. last year. Yeah, but mm-hmm. for me, <laughs> a man, Chris Rock, a man is only as faithful as his options. Mark Andrews <laughs> is the first, second, and third option for Lamar Jackson. So he's right. been great. He's twenty five. Yeah. He's twenty six now. He was the only one who was getting thrown the ball two years ago, and defenses still couldn't stop him. So you give him credit for that. And George Kittle is on a Madden uneasy all-star team. And he will run through anything that's in front of him or block anything that's coming at him. He is the best all-around tight end that we've seen since Gronk. Regardless of numbers, regardless of anything. He does it on both sides. He's the Michael Jordan of whatever tight ends. That's a bad example. But he does both on both sides. The Charles Barkley of tight ends. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's a guy that does everything. He's an all-around player, and when healthy, he is absolutely special. He's another guy in space, like Gronk, who's just effortless. You know, Travis Kelsey's kind of clunky. He uses his angles because he's not the fastest guy. He runs around people. He's crafty and smart, you know what I mean? body slammed by Derwin James when he does it. You know, like, there there are things that happen. But, you know, and Kelsey, he was a late – he was a Derrick Henry late bloomer. Like, he wasn't great right away. And then he had Patrick Mahomes, and he got in his swing. But I, I think we agree with that. And and so you'd say still you'd say Gronk is no doubt about it the best tight end of all time, For me, without question. I mean, I, is it yeah, close? I'm, I mean, Kelsey's getting closer it, to me. Here's and I I have this conversation in basketball more often. But mm-hmm. when everybody when everyone is individually great, what separates those players when they're all individually have done great things, stats, awards, accomplishments? What separates them is winning them. That mm-hmm. goes to the next level. The people who do all the great stuff individually right. and win. So to mm-hmm. me, Kelsey is absolutely close with Gronk, but I'm still going with Gronk because at some point it's like if they both have winning and they both have individual, who did I think was more of just an absolute pure specimen? You know, mm-hmm. who who is just more physically intimidating? And to me, it, it it's Gronk. But I, I want to throw this in here. Just a little home cooking to send us out on a Thursday. On the tight end group, there is a tight end in Nashville. 
named Chigazim Aconquo. We just call him Chig Aconquo, baby. And uh, last year, as a rookie, number one in the NFL in yards per route run amongst tight ends. Number one in yards after the catch per reception among tight ends. Number four in receiving grade against single coverage per pro football focus. Shout out to Marcus Mosher, Locked On Cowboys host, who posted these stats. It wasn't me. It was Marcus, a a Cowboys host, who works for PFF as well. Pumping up this guy. All right, and Chigakonkwo, three catches of 40 yards or more, best amongst all tight ends. The sixth highest graded tight end overall among uh, per pro football focus. Led NFL rookie tight ends and catches and yards. I'm just saying a lot of these stats and a lot of the tape reminds me of a former Titans tight end in Delaney Walker. Mm. He ran the fastest 40-yard dash of his entire rookie class as a tight end. The Titans had the worst offense in the NFL last year. Well, the Broncos exist, so the second worst offense. (laughs) I'm just telling you, next year when we have this conversation, when we do this next year, we may very well be talking about Chigakonkwa being in the conversation. So I just wanted to... Greatest of all time. Because that was the same Yes. I mean, oh, I I meant the Travis Kelsey Gronk conversation, not the the Mark Well, (laughs) because the thing is, and and that's an interesting thing you bring up, and that's fine. I mean, I'm sure the depth of route run was probably 23rd in the NFL or 26th. A lot of three-yard outs, a lot of of tight end screens with the quarterback play. He did a lot of the work himself. Yes, he did a lot of the work. That's the yards after catch. Yeah, yeah, he did a lot of it himself. Now, the the interesting part, so we talk about quarterbacks a lot. We never talk about it with wide receivers because there's so many. Is there going to be a lull in tight end play? George Kittle's not getting any younger. Travis right. Kelsey's not getting any younger. But right. unlike running backs, they're getting paid closer to the wide receiver money than running back money now. And you don't yeah. have to be a blocker. Jimmy Graham would thrive in his second or third yeah. year. Like, you know, like this is yeah. this is the day and age of a, of a wide receiver playing tight end because you can pay him tight end money still. Mm-hmm. Are we going to see a gap? Yeah. Like Dallas Goddard's younger. Zach Ertz is getting older. Okay, right. Jimmy Graham's old. You know, all of the the top guys from before starting to get Travis Kelsey's a hundred. Like Travis Kelsey, what is he, 36? You know, he's yeah. he's an old guy. Like Getting up there in that middle round, like is Hayden Hurst gonna lead the pack? Is Austin like are these guys that are kind of in the middle somewhere? Is TJ Hawkinson gonna emerge as the best tight end in the NFL at some point? Or are these yeah. just drafted rookies like Kyle Pitts, who's just so good that he's just gonna take over? Like, this is a transitionary time in the next couple of seasons. What is going to happen to the tight end position? You know, yeah. and I'm fascinated by it because it's it's never been more offensive than it is now. That's that's a conversation for another day because that is that is interesting. You just stumble upon these things. That's why we give Alex a mystery segment most of the time. But that's going to do it for us today on a Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. Again, tomorrow, Friday, you get your boy Q, who's not my boy recently, throwing shots <laughs> all jokes aside. But uh, you get your boy Chris Carter as well, who's my boy. Your your boy may be Q, but my boy is Chris Carter. How about that? But they're going to be uh, there for you on the uh, Friday edition of Locked on NFL Podcast. And uh, as always, start your weekend early, folks. Uh, be safe out there, and we'll see you again next Thursday.